Welcome to the Smart HVAC Marketing Podcast, an award-winning show dedicated to helping contractors generate more revenue, employ more people, and serve more customers. Powered by Rival Digital. Tune in each week to learn how other business owners and industry professionals across the country are staying ahead of the curve in an ever-changing business landscape. So, are you ready to dominate your marketing, get a grip on your operations, and build the business you've always dreamed of? Join your host, Eric Thomas, and get a fresh perspective on what it takes to create a world-class contracting business. The best idea wins. Now, here's Eric Thomas. What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Smart HVAC Marketing Podcast, where we believe the best idea wins, and we are here to help you generate lots of good ideas. And we've got a, a really cool bunch with us today. We've got uh, Dan and Ken from Interplay Learning, and I am super excited to chat with them uh, and just learn more about what they do for contractors and kind of how you might be able to, to implement some of the stuff that they've got to offer uh, in your business. So without further ado... Welcome to the show, fellas. Thanks. Thanks for having hey, us, Eric. Yeah, absolutely. So let's go ahead. I'll do alphabetical order here. Uh, Dan, why don't you go ahead first, introduce yourself, tell our listeners a little bit more about you. Sure. I mean, I grew up in the trades. My father had his own business. So as a kid and a teenager, this is in upstate New York. I was cleaning fittings and uh, cutting pipe, the whole deal from plumbing, heating, HVAC. Uh, worked in wholesale for about 10 years in New York. Then I jumped to the manufacturing side. So I've worked with a lot of the major manufacturers in regional national roles and, uh, saw what Interplay was doing on the training side. And I've always, I've always thought that training is the fastest way to growth. Um, you know, building your people, building their skill sets and what Interplay learning is doing is different and I love it. So uh, with Interplay, I, anything that touches HVAC training, that's where I'm at. And then uh, Ken, my counterpart here, he's on the plumbing side, so I'll let him go. Yeah, I'm. I'm really glad you let us go. Let me uh, go in alphabetical order here, Eric, because I am the better one, and they say the best for last. So I get to interview myself. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is quite normal, Eric. This banter that goes back and forth between Dan and I, where uh, we actually get along very good, but. Uh, when we get on the stage, we have to have banter. Yeah. Anyhow, um, my name's Ken Midget. I'm the plumbing market director, as Dan said. Uh, background is just slightly different than his. I was uh, in the industry for a long time, um, served my apprenticeship, served my, got my master's, got my journeyman's, and uh, I had two successful uh, plumbing, heating, cooling businesses. And then the opportunity came up to teach in career and technical ed at the secondary and then ended up being at the post-secondary as well. Uh, did that for just a little under 13 years and then um, left education to go into the tech world, worked for a startup. And then this opportunity came to, uh, to me to work for Interplay Learning. And I was already a subject matter expert for them. So I kind of knew about them and um, took the job. So just love it. Love working with yeah. Dan. Love, love knowing that what we do is you know, giving back to the skilled trades to help them be progressive and learn. Yeah. So I'll let you guys in any order here. And I'll, I guess we'll do alphabetic order again. Um, <laughs> I guess just at, at, a, at a high level, you know, 
one, what is interplay learning for our listeners who may not know? Uh, and then two, how does it help them you know, grow their technicians, grow their staff, stuff like that? Sure. So, <laughs> you know, the, the big thing we hear in the trades is skilled labor shortage, skilled labor shortage. We hear again and again, can't find good people, you know, all the all the skilled labor is retiring. My father, he just retired January first. Like most of the knowledge in our in our industry is retiring, right? So yeah. the trend is, and there's just not enough people going through the trade schools. So you, a lot of contractors are bringing training in house. You know, maybe they're hiring someone that doesn't have have any real technical knowledge of HVAC or plumbing, but they have a really good attitude. So what we do is we, we can help people learn the ba- everything from the basics to maintenance, service, troubleshooting, the whole line of the technical knowledge that a, that a technician would need to know. Nice. And how, how is this all achieved? I'll let you go, Ken. <laughs> well, the, the uh, contractor needs to um, implement it. That's step one, you know, real, realizing the value of the training, making sure that, uh, technicians are d- using it and doing, making their own professional development happen all by their, all by themselves. Right. Um, Dan and I are real firm believers that techs need to take some ownership of their career and doing that, um, with this product that we offer enables them to do that exact thing. Uh, they, they can gravitate, they can learn, they can cross train, they can go into electric, they can go into plumbing and not just an HVAC or any of those verticals they want to do. Um, and really the, it, the only thing between them and their advancement is the time they want to invest, right? So the contractor takes a role in the purchasing of it. Um, some contractors have paid training, some contractors don't, some contractors have a small amount. There's a lot of variables out there in the audience, but the reality is, is when the tech takes ownership of their development, things happen. Good, positive things happen. Yeah. You know, I I was at, I think it was the ACA fall meetings, um, maybe 2021. Yeah, 2021, we were in New Orleans. And our table was right next to Interplay Learning. And I had so much fun. I mean, I... Full disclosure, full transparency. I have no clue how to fix a heating and air conditioning system. Um, so I didn't know what I was doing, but it was still fun to like put on the Oculus and like try to, you know, just see how it goes about and whatnot. So, um, so the, obviously this is kind of like a, like a virtual reality type, type training. So how mm-hmm. does that, how does that kind of complement other training efforts that they might have? Sure. So we, we have two main types of training. We have video-based training and we have simulation-based training. So a, a lot of our video you know, content is that core knowledge that you need to know. The refrigeration cycle, what are the p- components of an HVAC system, components of the plumbing system, whatnot. But, but what's really cool what we do is the simulation training. So, um, maybe 10% of our users, even a little bit less, are using virtual headsets where you can go into this simulated environment and you know, see the equipment around you, move the controllers. 
but you can also do that simulation on a desktop, a laptop, or an iPad too. And and what's really cool is it's it simulates what a real job site would be. Like what are the what are the issues? You can put your gauges up. You can you can take your multimeter and and check different voltages. So it gets a lot of this real world practice. So you're not out there practicing on Susie's equipment in the in you know in the in the field. Yeah. And Ken, I, I'd take it's probably the same on the plumbing side. Absolutely. Yeah. Same, same setup as uh, Dan said, the video is basically the foundational knowledge and then the um, VR and the simulation is the hands-on portion of it. Yeah. What's the craziest thing that you all have heard of? Like my, my, my fear when I'm doing virtual reality stuff with this is that I'm going to like, bump into something, but like, what's the craziest thing you guys have maybe seen or heard of with maybe some of your contractors while using the, the, the virtual reality, the headset? I, you know, I think we were at a trade show once and, and when you're, when you're wearing that headset, we ha there's about a 90% retention of knowledge because it's so immersive, right? Like yeah. every, everything seems so realistic. So we, we had a lady at a trade show. Um, we have a, a dishwasher simulation, like how to fix a dishwasher. So she's in there and she's in the headset and it feels so real that she went to lean on the counter, like in this virtual environment. And she, you know, she toppled over. Luckily she didn't get hurt, but when this is how realistic it feels like when you're, yeah. in, it almost feels like you're there. So. Yeah, we, we have some environments where Dan and I have worked in in the VR environments and um, one happened to be a classroom and um, I was acting as a teacher and Dan was acting as a student. I actually went to lean on the desk and almost went flying across the room. The desk's not there, you know, you're in the, it's kind of, kind of difficult. Yeah. You have to really respect it. Yeah. That's really cool. So how does, um, you know, I'm just kind of looking at the website here and it, it's saying that, you know, for the most part, the businesses that are using your products and your trainings and such, um, they're they're growing. They're being able to hire and retain people better, um, and that they're able to train their technicians faster. So, how does something like this help you train a technician quicker than you know traditional training method? Yeah, the, the term I love to use is before the job training versus on the job training. Like when it, when I was growing up and probably when Ken was in the trades too, growing up, like I had to learn everything from my father, you know, he had to teach me the refrigeration cycle and all the, how to, how to, how to do all of this intricacies. And you know what? He's not a teacher. Like he's just a, he's just a guy that knows what he's doing, but he's, he wasn't trained that way. So while, you know, that on the job training would take, twice or three times as long because it's you know he's wait he's he's having to teach me at those moments when the job is right whereas with our platform you can get so much knowledge before the job so when i'm on the job with that senior technician and doing that on the job training it's really quick like i i now have that base knowledge so i'm just dialing in that last little bit of information and now, now I'm retaining that knowledge a lot faster and I'm putting it right to application. Nice. 
Yeah, it's um, some of the VR side of it, the, the simulation side, we're actually teaching muscle memory. So a learner is able to realize, yeah, I need to get an amp probe. I have to go over to this screw. I got to take this screw off. I need to go on these terminals. So they are they're walking through this as if they're really on a job site. And it's extremely close to what they're really going to experience in the real world. So they, they come, the, the relationship between the, the skilled person and the person who's trying to learn is much better because there isn't a lot of what's next, what do I do now? Because they're knowing and anticipating the steps that are going to happen on this given job site at this given task. Nice. So does it have the ability, do you all have the ability within these trainings to have like different models of, you know, heating, air conditioning, air conditioners, water heaters, et cetera. So like, say they're, I don't know, say, say this company, you know, they, they primarily install train or Goodman. Um, and this person's being trained to be a maintenance technician. Are you able to simulate, you know, Hey, most of our customers that are on our maintenance club or, you know, have a train system that we installed. Can it be like a specific make and model air conditioner? Or is it just kind of like a general um, training? What we train on are the most common faults. So we, we try to stay brain agonistic. Like okay. what, what are the most, if you go to a job site, what are the most common, you know, heating faults, cooling faults, airflow, things like that. Um, the manufacturer specific training, we do build simulations for some of the manufacturers, but that, that, that'll live in their learning platform, you know, like yeah. Dyken university, it'll live. The, okay. The for Dyken lives within there, but yeah, we, we've built manufacturer specific stuff, but our skill mill catalog is all brand agonistic. Nice. And I can also add that, you know, for contractors who have very specific brand content, and it's, it's not available in, say, Daikin, as an example. Let's say it's a water heater. Let's say it's Renai or A.O. Smith or State or whatever. They can add that to the course curriculum for the learner. So they can get that information. It's not like it's not there. It's just that we don't publish it. But they can yeah. add it in a PDF file, a video file, whatever they have. Uh, I got so, you. Yeah, kind of like a learning management platform. So you can supplement the simulations we build with outside resources too. Yeah. Some, some contractors actually record themselves in their own training rooms when they're doing a, an, a manufacturer specific training. And then they just take that recording and push it right into the product. And then their, their techs are able to do our training, which teaches them the how, and then the very specifics about a, a brand uh, manufacturer's brand. Nice. So this is just like a kind of like a crazy question. How much longer do you all think it'll be before we're like fully in the metaverse and technicians are able to just like fix homeowners heating and air conditioning problems without going to the home? Uh, <laughs> you want me to go? You want to go down? I got, let me go first. <laughs> it's going to cost I, you. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> we'll have to duke it out later. But uh, I, there's always this, and, and Ken probably has a better talk track on this, but we, when we build this foundational, foundational and that step-by-step -step knowledge, you know, when you walk to the condenser and you see a, a snake in, you know, wrapped around the, 
the capacitors are like, there's so many variables of what could happen out in the field that you'd never be able to teach everything virtually. Like there's, there's, so teaching people to be, take that knowledge so they can creatively troubleshoot and, and learn these processes and learn these steps by steps. I mean, there's probably a million different ways to solve any problem, but to, to build these foundational knowledge, that'll prepare them when they go out in the field and they see something that they haven't seen before. Yeah, because conceptually, they're going to understand much more. To, to Dan's point, when he was talking about when he got trained by his dad and he had to wait for the perfect moment to teach him a, a given thing about whatever they were doing, we, we take all that away, right? So yeah, we can't teach that somebody's going to open a disconnect and there's going to be a wasp nest under it. We just, we, that's impossible to teach that. That's something that has to happen from internal operations, right? Mm -hmm. And safety requirements. And we do have some of those thoughts in the virtual talk track because we do a voiceover in the front and somebody like myself or Dan or another subject matter expert does that voiceover. And that's when we can add in those little pieces of color, if you will, to make it that much more relatable to a job site. Like, you know, don't pick up, don't think you're just going to walk in and pick up this drain machine. It weighs 120 pounds. It's a little bit heavier than you think. Um, those types of things. This is a good time to make sure your PPE is on. So all those little pieces get added in there. But to Dan's point, you can't teach everything that could happen. Yeah. Yeah. Like when you, when you think about I guess another way to ask your question, we'll get to a point where almost robots can go out and do this. And I don't think so. Just because yeah. there's a lot of, there's a lot of creative troubleshooting that you have to do, but of course, yeah. the better your core knowledge, the better you can get. Yeah. I also think that there's some adoption things to think about, right? So a lot of people in plumbing and HVAC, they were taught that way one-on-one -on, -one on a job site. And now you're going to infuse this new technology and say, this is the way you can learn. So there's this apprehension that, oh, well, you're not going to learn right because they didn't learn that way, right? They learned with the traditional method. So there's some Sometimes there's some apprehension there, but eventually once it, once they dive in, they realize it's the right thing to do. Yeah. I imagine like a world where not robots necessarily, but like someone calls in and says, Hey, uh, my AC is not cooling. It's just like, all right, put your, you know, might not be an Oculus headset at that point, but it might just be like, put on your glasses or your headset or whatever, for example. And then the homeowner's like, they've got their, set on and like the heating and air contractor or the plumber, whoever's got their set on at the office. That way you can just skip like the whole, you know, drive time, um, you know, just to find out that it's like a capacitor. Um, and it's like, you, they walk out there and kind of that way you can kind of like work through some of the diagnostic process without making the trip. Then you can just be like, you know, you can, you can troubleshoot it before you actually have to drive there. Is that something that you guys imagine would ever happen? I, I think as sensor technology and, and data gets better and better, I mean, the equipment's going to be able to do a lot of self-diagnosing, if you will, like send a message to the contractor and say, hey, my, my, my board's about to go. Can you come fix it type of, type of things? I, I, I think sensors will get there for sure. But 
anything mechanical does not last forever. I mean, it's just the nature of mechanical systems, right? So I think there will always be that physical piece where you have to go on site, but I, I, there's definitely predictive maintenance that, that can happen. Yeah, and it, it, we already have situations on the HVAC side where, especially from a commercial application, where they can log in and see what's going on with that system, but they can't be there. You know, seeing and and maybe knowing what's wrong is one thing, but fixing it could be a whole different environment. Yeah. So what's your favorite training on the platform? Like, if there is there one that you just, you guys in particular really love to do or love to show off? Yeah, and I'll let you go first. On, yeah. the, on the plumbing side, I'm going to tell you that there's one that's uh, – really good that's it's very thorough that takes a learner through how to take a tank style water heater out and put a tankless one in i mean all the steps are pretty really accurate to what you're going to do and to that point imagine that you had an apprentice that took that course and went to a job site with it with a journeyman and put to put the water heater in and one who did it i guarantee you the the first one's going to be done a lot faster because that apprentice knows every step yeah. yeah, I I'd say my my favorite. We do have a package refrigeration unit, so that's like uh, in a commercial kitchen where they keep all their cold food. We we have one of those in this commercial kitchen environment, and it rivals some of the best video game graphics you can find. Like some some of our some of our designers are from Pixar. Like when you think of this, we when I keep talking about this simulated environment. We have some of the best graphic designers in the world. So when you're in this space, you actually feel like you're in a commercial kitchen going through the wow. steps. So it's super cool. That's cool. Are you all involved in like any uh, trade schools or like any of the learning programs or anything like that to kind of help train the next kind of wave or generation of, of technicians and skilled labor? Yeah, we have colleges and um secondary schools that purchase the product and, you know, use it as an accessory to their existing content. Nice. What's been some, of, I guess, what's been the result of some of that have, have those technicians, they're just like, they're field ready when they, when they get out and, you know, ready to rock and roll. Have they had a higher, I guess, you know, not placement rate, but I guess, ha do they have a better likelihood of, of getting hired having, gone through some of that training versus someone who hasn't. I, I could take that one if you want. Sure. Yeah. So um, when I was in the classroom and taught career in technical education, I taught plumbing and heating and I had interplay at that time. And um, I will say that the ones who went through that and then went on to cooperative education, meaning working at the same time, they're still in high school, um, significantly advanced. They knew a lot more about the industry when they walked into it and knew what expectations were going to happen uh, from the employer. When COVID hit, um, I was very fortunate that I was able to get students that would normally only work a half a day to be able to work a whole day for an employer. And that really cemented this environment where they were able to look online at night and do a course and go in the next day and work the entire day with an employer doing something similar. So it really cemented the education side. 
That's really cool. Yeah. And if you if think about a training perspective, I mean, the big complaint we get from all the schools is, is the consumables, right? Or, or even from the contractors when they have their own training room in their, their building. Like these techs keep coming in and burning out my contactors and burning out my boards. So a lot, a lot of trainers actually use us as a, as a gate. Like you have to show that you can do this in a simulated environment first before you start practicing on live equipment. So there's yeah. a lot, it just builds like what was Ken was saying, that muscle memory. So when they're actually working on the live equipment, they're already 90% of the way there. That's really cool. Yeah, I like yeah. how, yeah, go ahead. The, the other side of that too, what, what he meant when he said consumables, that that's another thing that helps the secondary and post-secondary people. You, you know, once you braise a joint in copper, you can't rebraise it. You got to throw it away and make a new joint. And same thing with PVC yeah. and all the other things. You're only going to install a toy so many times before it gets busted, right? Yeah. So that's that's the real world compared to the tra the training. Yeah. Uh, that that's really cool, and I, you know I like how you know stuff like this. Maybe not so much virtual reality, but you know there's there's been trainings and stuff like this for other industries before. Like for my, myself, for example, um, you know I did a, a boot camp online um, through a website called Treehouse. And um, it's for web development, software development, stuff like that. And like, so I could, after work, like you were saying, I would get done with work and I would go sit in there for, you know, two hours and would knock out a course on front end web development or CSS or whatever. Like, you know, I, I'm working with someone and it's, it's pre-recorded material and they're telling you like, all right, now we're going to write this, we're going to do that. And so stuff like this has been around for other industries and it's really neat how this is finally something that can actually help the skilled trades um, you know, versus kind of like some of the traditional training, like you said, where you had to kind of wait to have a teachable moment. You could do it, um, you know, proactively and get them nice and trained up virtually. Yeah. And it, it's putting in the reps too, right? I mean, the, mm -hmm. the big industry that we always reference is, is flying, flying a fighter jet. You know, we don't, we don't just throw someone out there and teach them on the job how to fly a fi fighter jet. They put in a lot of reps in that simulation before they got out there. And, and yeah. that's what that's what we're seeing techs do too. Like it builds the confidence. I'm gonna I'm gonna go try this service call ten times in this simulated environment. So when I'm out in front of the homeowner or the building owner, like I'm confident that I know the right process. Yeah. Do you all have? I'm I'm only gonna ask this because I know our listeners. I know they're probably thinking this. Do you all have it for sales training, like for comfort advisors or someone that might be into like, you know, it's they, the, the customer needs a new system and they send the comfort advisor out to give them a good, better, best option. Do you all have that type of training in there just yet? Want me to take it, Ken? Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> I, I, I have some opinions here, right? Like I think, Technical training is pretty universal across most companies. When we get to the sales process, that's really the secret sauce that separates a lot of different companies. So we're starting to build in like basic customer service, how to deal with difficult customers. But I, I think the sales process still is like, you know, whether it's a best practices company or, or, or there's a certain style you want to do. I don't know that it'll ever live completely in our platform just because that's really a differentiator. You know, I, 
we, we can teach a lot of the basic skills from communication skills, building goal setting, like a lot of the, to make the soft skills of a technician better, but that sales process, I think will always kind of be unique to the company. Agreed. Yeah. So what is that? What is the, you mentioned something about like maybe an upset customer kind of, you know, working with customers, stuff like that. What does that look like? Do you guys have like pre, I guess, preset like objections and complaints or? Yeah, I think it's starting to get there. Um, we don't have the simulated environments for that, but that, that could possibly be in the future, you know, like yeah. the homeowner just yelled at you because you tracked mud through their house. What do you do? You yeah. Are you back or actually clean it up and say, sorry, you know, <laughs> so, yeah. exactly. Are there dogs in the, uh, <laughs> <training>? <laughs> yeah. we should simulate that. Ken, what do you yeah. think? Like the, yeah. A dog uh, coming uh, after you. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you know, like you, you get there, you, you knock three times, you step back from the door. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> shake the, shake the, Shake the customer's hand, then you go inside and pet the dog and give him a, you know, a milk bone. <laughs> it's a good idea. And he bites your hand. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, uh, sometimes it's a golden retriever and it's nice. The next time it's a chihuahua and it bites you. <laughs> yeah. right. We, uh, can, yeah, we so can totally build that. You know, that's, yeah. that's within the realm of our skill sets of building courses. So, yeah. Awesome. So, uh, la I guess last tip before we dip here, um, you know, I'll ask both of you the same question. Um, say contractors just getting started off, they just started their business. Um, you know, what, what's one piece of advice that you would give them, you know, training or, or not just to help them succeed? Uh, I'll, I'll start. So I, I was on a, actually at ACA in the spring here. And it was that there was a board of manufacturers there and they said, you know, 10, 15 years ago, there was a long gap between regulatory changes and, and new equipment and stuff. And nowadays we're having to release new equipment every year. So when you start thinking about the rate of change and how much, how much is going on in our market, if you're not training, you're actually falling behind. Mm -hmm. So, so what I would say is, Try to build training into a weekly schedule. You know, pay your guys an hour a week, two hours a week. That's what we're seeing best practices are. If you can pay them at least for an hour or two a week, a lot of the times they'll go home on their own time and they'll train 9, 10, 11 o'clock at night too. But you, you have to start building that culture of training if you want to be successful. And if you want to grow. Yeah, agreed. Um, my advice would be very similar to Dan's. Um, definitely have the training, but when you mentioned new contractor, uh, I would say across the board is that they need to have education in how to run a business, right? They spend all that time as a tech, and then they're going to make this step into the business world. And now you have to wear a lot more hats, right? Trainer, trainer is one of them, right? You got to be a trainer. So you need to have that go into that environment with that education. There's numerous ways to get all that, but you spent five, six years of your life learning plumbing, HVAC, electric, whatever it is, that doesn't automatically make you a business owner or an entrepreneur. Yeah. Awesome. That's good stuff. Now, um, 
for our listeners out there that want to learn more, how can they go about, you know, finding out more about Interplay or maybe, you know, requesting a demo? I, I think our website has some pretty cool landing pages. Just check out interplaylearning.com. Um, there's, there's a bunch of great things you can find on there. And then uh, I can speak for both of us. Ken and I are pretty active on LinkedIn and probably some of the other social channels. I hang out in the Facebook tech groups, the whole deal. So you might see us around too. Awesome. Well, Dan, Ken, thank you both so much for taking some time out of your morning to, uh, to chat with me. Thank you, Eric. Awesome. All right. Yep. All right, guys. Talk to you soon. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Smart HVAC Marketing Podcast, powered by Rival Digital, helping business owners and industry professionals across the country stay ahead of the curve in an ever-changing business landscape. We hope you learned something from this week's episode. And don't forget to rate and review this podcast. Thanks again for listening to the Smart HVAC Marketing Podcast.